theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. excited that real soon that we can get rid of the masks. Amen. If you shout it, you're my people. You're my, you're my people. At home, they were shouting over that this morning. They had a great service this morning, a powerful, powerful move of God at one church this morning. And I just feel like it's going to overflow into this room. It's already here. It's already, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It's already happening right now. Even in the atmosphere, there's something beginning to move, something that's beginning to shift. In Jesus' name, if you've come to receive it, could you just reach out your hand to the Lord? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Oh, God, you move heaven, God, and earth, God, for your word to come to pass. God, we pray that you, Lord God, would rend the heavens and come down. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring gifts into this atmosphere. God, I proclaim and I declare that this is the day the Lord has made. God, we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, I declare the perfect will of God in this room. And I pray, God, over every person, God, over every mind and every soul. God, let us be blessed, God, when we come and when we go. We pray it in the name of Jesus. We speak over powers and principalities. And God, we pray, God, that every spirit, human or divine, God, would be subject to the will of God today. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. One more time with your hands clapped. Give God a great praise. you're seated I need to get a picture with my friend Pastor Akil and we're you're all going to be in the picture so come on up I think it's going to be a great time this is just going to be stored in my in my keeping in Jesus name we're going to give a big shout one two three everybody say EC all right God bless you all thank you Jesus amen I want you to open your Bible amen you can clap your hands get your Bible ready we're going to get to a scripture in a second. It'll be on the screen. We've prayed, and uh, now the Word of God is going to come forth. I'm declaring today that, that there's going to be an overflow and a breakthrough at Extraordinary Church today. I'm declaring it. People that are shut out, shut down by circumstances today, in your own vernacular, you're going to receive extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. I don't know what you brought into this place today. You may feel like a stranger. Maybe you're here for the first time and nobody knows you, but God knows you. You may not know anybody in the room, but you're not alone. God is sitting right beside you. He brought you into this place for such a time as this. You may feel like you've hit some dead ends in your life, but I'm telling you today, some opportunity is about to open up to you. You're about to walk into your destiny today. It's going to happen in your life. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated. We're, we're going to get to the Word. I'll bypass much of the uh, preliminaries of such and just say thank you for receiving me. And uh, thank you for letting me come. I'm excited to be here. 
and uh, we're so appreciative of one church, or our EC, uh, Extraordinary Church, and Pastor Akil, Sister Sarah, and the first family of Extraordinary Church. Don't we love our first family? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Much can be said, but I'll, I'll bypass that for now, and I'll get right to the word of the Lord. Zarephath was located outside of Israel. It was a Phoenician city on the Mediterranean coast between Sidon and Tyre. I believe they'll have a screen, little slide there to show you just the lay of the land of this place called Zarephath. Jesus mentions Zarephath. Everybody say Zarephath. In Luke chapter number 4, verse number 25 to 26, it says, But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all of the lands. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. A long extended time of, of famine, and we can relate to perhaps some of the experiences and emotions that go with things that are shut down. Somebody say amen. It's been two years for us as we have experience something the world has not experienced in a very long time. We have walked through this together and we have experienced many of the emotions and it has had its emotional turmoil on churches and on people, on governments and on nations. There has been great turmoil because of this particular pandemic and I'm sure this is also true for Zareph, this lady at Zarephath and everybody that was experienced the famine in those days. But Jesus mentions this woman, and it doesn't say much about uh, her life in particular, but she didn't even live in Israel. Seemingly, she wasn't even an Israelite. Yet she finds her way into the Holy Writ. And we ask today, what brought her there? Do you know what brought the widow woman at Zarephath into the Scriptures? Her circumstances did. That's how she made it. She didn't make it because she was great. She didn't make it because there was something extraordinary about her life. She made it because she had circumstances. And you know, we have something in common today with that woman. We all are here today because our circumstances led us here. We didn't come with perfect lives because there are no perfect people at Extraordinary Church. There's just people that had some circumstances that a master named Jesus could do something about. Somebody shout amen. Her circumstances put her in the scriptures. Circumstances push us to breakthroughs. This happened in the early church as persecution arose. It happened during the pandemic, which only which one prophet of God recently said, it's the gift, the pandemic, that keeps on giving. In many ways. You can share it with your friends. You can share it with your family. Praise God. You can invite them over and have it. No, don't do that. But it's the gift that keeps on giving. Now, there are many negatives, I would say, that, that happened during the pandemic. Would somebody say amen to that? How many don't want to talk about that? I don't want to talk about that. I'll be glad when we're done talking about that. I'll be, how many be glad when the pandemic isn't in sermons anymore? <laughs> but you know what? It has been the gift that has kept giving. You notice that when we were shut down and we could not meet together the way that we traditionally could, we were forced to know God in a private way. This beautiful music, and it, and it is beautiful, church. I mean, it's amazing. You guys have amazing worship. I think we can recognize that. But it forced us to break away from the norm. It was a gift that kept giving it. It made us focus on a prayer life. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. It made us focus on a prayer life. We couldn't come together, and how many love coming together? But that's another gift it gave us. It helped us to appreciate when we came back together. 
How beautiful it is when brothers and sisters can dwell together in unity. Bible even says that it's like the oil that ran down upon the, the head of Aaron and down upon his beard and come on somebody and down upon his garments. There's just something that begins to flow when the people of God come together. There's something powerful that happens in atmospheres that I get when I'm with you that I am not with you or all by myself. Somebody shout amen. So we got some gifts because of this. I got the gift of recognizing when we finally could come together and I could see your face. Do you remember the time when we had to get on the computer and we hadn't seen each other for a while and it was so good to see one another? And all the pastors all over the world were so tired of getting on the computer. We were so tired of preaching to cameras. It's hard preaching to a camera. In fact, we, we run cameras every week in our churches, but you know what? We don't think about the cameras, but during, during the pandemic, we had to think about the camera. We had to worry if there was broccoli in our teeth or if there was, hello, somebody. No, for real, they, those were gifts that came to us during COVID. And we got the understanding. And back home, when, when, we, when we were shut down, we couldn't even, we couldn't be playing music. We had to have just one person up there doing a solo fest. Just singing for Jesus. I wouldn't want to be that person. Lord, have mercy. Nobody would ever come back. But you know what? I was so glad, Brother Keel, when, when they came back and, and all the church came back together and there was a, that guy over there with the, the bass. <laughs> Woo! Sister Mia was on the keys. Hallelujah. We, we, were, we were going at it. There was, there was drums and there was bass guitar. There was electric guitar and there was piano. And we got a whole nother appreciation for what it means to come into the house of God and worship. Is anybody glad that you can worship this morning? You can come into the presence of God and worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was a gift, Brother Mateo. It was a gift that was given to us. Sometimes we forget all that God has done, but we got to look up and remember sometimes, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Give God praise together. Ah, hallelujah. You may be seated. But circumstances sometimes have the ability to bring out the best within us. They lead us to breakthroughs. And I want you to understand that there is nothing that will stop this church. Not the big C church and not the lower C church. You will not stop the church. The church is going to be on fire. The church is going to march into eternity with victory and power and dominion and authority. Hallelujah. Can't stop the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't stop the church. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, you can't stop the church. Unstoppable. The circumstances, they, they have their way of bringing about sometimes opportunities. This was true for the woman at Zarephath. We don't know much about her, as I mentioned. We don't even know her name. All we know is her circumstances. Sometimes we feel like that, don't we? Nobody knows my name. Just my circumstances. And sometimes we walk into places and atmospheres and we feel like people aren't even seeing me for me. They're just seeing me for my circumstances. I want you to know today nobody's judging you here for your circumstances. No. No. They're looking at an opportunity that God has for your life. She was a widow. She was from Zarephath. She wasn't even an Israelite that we know of. In fact, as you've seen in the map, when we'll find out a prophet of God was called to meet with her. He had, a, he had to go outside the land of Israel to a place really that's modern day Lebanon to, to meet with her. Do you know God will go a long way to meet with you? 
You, you know, you can, you can be far from God, but God can send his servant your way. God can send a message your way to find you. Come on, you're surrounded by people that God found them. Their circumstances didn't bury them. God made a way where there was no way, and we're here today. We're here today. Is anybody, you're here today because God found you. Come on. We're here today because God found us. Come on. Our circumstances didn't bury us. I should have been dead. I should have been gone. But God found me. God found me. Hallelujah. God found me. Shout, God found me. God found me. You're never too far to God to find you. Sister, when you go out west with your beautiful red hat, God is with you. Hello, somebody. God is with you. God is going to be with you there. He's been with you here. It's the truth. And sometimes we don't understand why we suffer. We don't understand circumstances sometimes. And, and this lady didn't either. She didn't understand. She didn't know why that she was caught in some kind of circumstance, that uh, a worldwide famine. She didn't know what the cause of that was. You see, it had nothing to do with her, actually. And do you know that even the bad things that happen into your life don't really have to do with you? We are born into sin. There's some things we struggle with that, you know what, I didn't, I didn't create those struggles. But I'm born into a world that I didn't ask for. I'm born into situations, people have done things to me, and they have done things to you that you did not ask for. It's not your problem. It's not your issue. It was an adversary that was bent on driving people away from God. But Jesus came to this world because he understood that you were caught in a mess. And God came to take the mess of your life and turn it into a miracle. God came for that purpose. So you may feel like a whole lot of things today. You may feel unqualified. You may feel unknown. You may feel unimportant. You may feel unpopular, but listen, today is the day. I'm speaking to somebody in this room. Today is the day when God's going to turn your mess into a miracle. God is going to get you up out of that mess, and God is going to align you with this purpose, and there's going to come a flow of the presence. Hello, somebody. Come on. Does anybody receive the word of the Lord? There's going to come a flow into your life. It's going to change you. You see... This woman at Zarephath, as I continue, she was caught in this conflict. It was an argument and conflict actually between a prophet of God, Pastor Akil, and a politician. Elijah and Ahab, specifically. Can I just mention that people will suffer things, cities will suffer things when the church is not aligned? Hello, somebody. That's why we exist here today. We're here to lead people back to God. We're here to lead people that are all over Mississauga whose lives are caught in messes. We're not here to judge their mess. We're just trying to help them with their mess. We got a Jesus that is greater than their mess. Got a God that's greater than the mess. I don't care what they've been in. God is able to turn them around. Come on, if you believe that, shout amen. If you believe it, clap your hands to the Lord. She caught in this mess. Conflict between a prophet and a politician. It affected everybody. She had no idea. That, you know, she didn't understand that because of the conversation, listen, one conversation between a prophet and a politician would cause there to be no rain for three plus years. One conversation. Let's listen to that conversation. First Kings chapter 17, verse number 1. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years. What's it say? What does that last part say? So he walks out from a conversation and the whole world is caught in a conflict. You see how this works? There are things going on in our world today that we don't understand. We can be confused. 
when we start to try to figure it out in the natural mind. But this happened, this famine, this worldwide famine. I hope you're hearing me today. Shake your head if you're hearing me today. It happened because God said, hey, 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 Mr. Politician, you're not in the control like you think you are. In fact, my prophet has a word for you. And at my prophet's word, there's going to be a famine for three and a half years. And my will is going to be done. And I'm going to bring judgment upon the crooked and perverse political structures of this world. And I'm going to be glorified. And I'm going to reach people in the process. Now, Elijah's congregation shrunk. He went down to one family. Can you imagine that now? I, I don't encourage that at Extraordinary Church. We are one family, but there's more than one family. So it shrunk down to one family. He had two people in his congregation. A woman who was a widow and her little son. But we don't despise the day of small things, do we? Because one family can make a big difference. Come on, God cares about one family. I want you to know today that God cares about your family. He cares about what you're going through. Oh, hallelujah. He cares about everything that's going on in your life. God is one God, and He cares about the ones. He left the 99 for the... He left the 99 for the... He left the 99 for the... God cares about... God cares about... God cares about one. Let's give the Lord praise. There's a conflict that has come because of this challenge. And what's amazing and what's incredible about this is that God says after this conversation, God begins to draw the man Elijah. He begins to draw him. And he begins to speak to him. And he begins to help him to understand that Elijah, now that you have spoken, now that this conflict is on, I want you to drink from a different stream. I'm going to send you to the brook Cherith. It wasn't the mainstream media where he got his information. It wasn't the main river in Israel that he was drinking from. It was an unknown stream. It was a hidden stream. It was perhaps maybe a smaller stream. But it had everything that Elijah needed to survive. I'm telling you today that God knows what's up in this end time hour. God knows what stream we need to be tuned into. And it isn't the mainstream media. God has a brook for the church that will not let us down. We can drink from it. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to get excited right now. You ought to stand to your feet and thank God that he has given you a place to find something to drink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has given you something to drink at Extraordinary Church. He's given you a little stream here right now. It's enough for every single family. It's enough for every single person. It will provide for you. You don't need the mainstream media. You don't need to be on the news trying to get all the updates. All you need is hear the word of the Lord. Find out what God is saying. You know what happens, Pastor Akil, when you start trying to drink from the mainstream? You start becoming like everybody else. Everybody else is filled with fear. Everybody else is filled with anxiety. Everybody else has lost their peace. Hello, somebody. I'm preaching to you the truth this morning. They lost their peace. Our world is looking for peace. But here at this stream, there is peace. And there is joy in the Holy Ghost. There is breakthrough. And there is miracles and signs and wonders. Somebody shout to God with a voice of triumph. Would you do this for me? Would you lift your hands and would you lift your voice in this atmosphere? Could you do it? Hallelujah. 
Ikotola bayeyo boshataya. Ikotola mayeyo boko sokorabahaya. Iyala mandala boshotorabayeyalabahaya. Ikotolo boyeyalabahaya. Come on, church, let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. God is helping us to drink from the stream that He has provided. God, we thank you. You're the Prince of Peace. You're the Lord of Lords. You're the King of Kings. God, you're at work in our world, God. You will work, God. And who shall stop it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody feel that shift in the atmosphere? Come on, that's what's going on right now. If you need the Lord to touch you, I ask you right now just to shut yourself in with God. God is providing. God is sending His Spirit amongst this congregation. There's going to be a breakthrough in this atmosphere. There's going to be people that leave changed. There's going to be people, you're going to receive strength after drinking at this stream. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sola bayeyo lobo shukurabahaya. Ah, arrokotorabaha. Yalobo sotorabahaya. Yalobo shukurabayeyo boso. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yalobo korabaha. Come on, what you're hearing right now, what you're feeling is people that are thirsty, people that have been dry. They are drinking at the well today. They are drinking at the stream that flows from heaven's throne. God, we praise you today. We praise you today. Hallelujah. You see, we're all looking for the same thing. But here's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to all be going to the mainstream, the popular stream, the well-known stream. The enemy's trying to get us all looking at that same thing, getting us drinking the same, the same drink because he wants us to be full of fear. He wants us to be controlled by fear. He is fear. That's what he wants. Checking the news once and twice and three times a day in a minute and an hour. Trying to see what happened, what just happened. What, what. Hello, am I preaching truth to you today? This is where we're at today. News media, they're making big bucks right now. Never have they made so much money before. You know what they're selling? Their product is fear. We have a better product. Our product is love. Our product is love. Our product is love. Love cast out all. 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 Come on, we got something better than fear. We got something in our life that supersedes the power and the restriction of fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got love. Love cast out fear. You can't have love and fear. And if you're listening carefully, every time you're going to that news station, the Spirit of God is saying to you, mm-mm, 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 It's like 12 o'clock at night and you're turning it off and you're just laying there. You're hearing bombs go off and everything. Right? Two years of a pandemic. What's going on today? It's the mainstream. Be careful with the mainstream. I'm not pastor here today, but I'm just saying, be careful with the mainstream. You're not going to find what you need in the mainstream. You're not going to find it. You're going to search, and that's the delusion. You keep searching and going back and going back. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find it on Instagram or TikTok. It's not on the mainstream. What you need I'm not saying you shouldn't know what's going on in the mainstream. But you need what's happening in this little stream. 
this one stream, this one family. You need the local church. You don't need to be going on. Let me just preach to you real straight. You don't need to go on and find out what these big evangelists are doing. And You need to hear this evangelist. I got people come and tell me, wow, you should have heard what so-and-so said. You should, you know what? I'm not listening to what so-and-so said. I want to hear what my pastor's saying. Because he's got the word for me. He's got the word for me. He, he, this all right today? He got the word for me. We get so busy hearing what everybody else is saying, we don't even know what God is saying. We got to know what God is saying. Come on, if we know what God is saying, come on, we'll know what God is up to and we'll know what we should be doing if we learn to hear what God is saying. The Jordan River. You see, the Brook Cherith flowed into the Jordan River. That was the mainstream, Pastor Akil. But that little picture will show you that it's coming down between the mountains, flowing down through Israel. On the sides of the mountains through a valley, there was just this little stream. It's Cherith. It's the place where God sent the prophet and said, I'm going to sustain you there. Sometimes God will send you to valleys to sustain you. Sometimes he will hide you. In fact, let's look at the, what the word of God says right here. Let's look at the word of God. It says, 1 Kings 17, 3-4. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and... That's not what they're doing on TikTok. They ain't hiding themselves. They're promoting themselves. This isn't the time for self-promotion. This isn't the time for self-promotion. This is the time to promote Jesus, to lift him up, to know he's king of kings, to know he's Lord of lords. If you're going to be on TikTok, you better be promoting Jesus. If you're going to be on Instagram, you better be promoting extraordinary church. You better be letting people know that there's something greater than your problems. There's something greater than anything in your life. It's Jesus. And I think by the looks of this congregation, you've been doing that. But let's not stop doing that. Let's get the word out that we got a better stream than the mainstream. Let's get the word out that we're not selling fear, we're selling love. We got a better product to sell, and his name is Jesus Christ. But he said, go, go hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. I'm going to sustain you there, Elijah. I'm going to give you everything you need. Sometimes God will begin to hide our lives and God will begin to set us aside for a season and for a purpose. Somebody can say amen to that. The word cherith, it, it literally means cutting or separation. God will cut things out of your life at cherith. It may feel lonely at cherith. But you're not lonely because you are surrounded by God at Cherith. You are shut in with God. I got a word for young people in this room today. Don't be afraid of loneliness. Don't be afraid of loneliness. Loneliness is your invitation to entertain the presence of God. And if this generation, Mia, is ever going to change this generation, they have to know how. To be alone with God. Because you can never give away what's not yours. If you give away what's not yours, all you are is an echo. But this generation doesn't need an echo. This generation needs a voice. This generation needs a voice. It needs a voice of young people that have been alone with God, that have been beside a small stream and said, Hey, I've been provided for by God. I got a word from God for you. Hallelujah. I feel this church always going to have young people because your pastor's young at heart. I feel it's always going to have young people. But the difference between having young people and having young people that do something for God, it's because young people that do something for God have been alone with God. There are some places that you cannot go with everybody else. There's some places that you can't go in a crowd. you got to go alone. And when you go alone, 
If you'll go alone, God will go with you. God will give you a word. God will give you everything you need. Hallelujah. Is there any young people in the house today that you want to go with God? You want God to do something in your generation? Let me just be real right now. There's coming a soon day. God's going to need this man of God. And you know what he's going to need? He's going to need young people. That when he's doing the business of the kingdom, he's got a troop of young people that do know their God, that are strong, and will do exploits. Don't worry, Pastor. When you're away preaching the word, I got you. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be fasting. I'm going to be seeking God. There will be revival. There will be revival. Now you spend the first 20 minutes checking me out. I wish right now that you would check God out. I wish you'd forget about this crazy Nova Scotian in front of you and you begin to look up and cast your eyes on God and say, hey, God, what do you have for me? God gave me a sure word, Mia. Sure word. A sure word. That if you'll separate yourself and get alone with God, you will see a revival of young people in your generation that you have never known before. You will know it for yourself. You won't just hear dad's stories. You're going to know it for yourself. Is there any young people in the room? Come on, is there anybody else? Come on, I want you to stand if you're a young person. I want you to stand. Hallelujah, come on. Are you going to do it? Are you going to get alone with God? Are you going to find out what God is saying? Are you going to turn off the mainstream and get onto the stream of God? Oh, come on, somebody. There's a future generation rising up in this church. They are rising up. They are going to carry EC into the future. Hallelujah. It's for them. It's for them. This is your church. Young people, this is your church. It's not pastor's church. It's your church. It's your church. You're the ones that are going to play and preach and sing and invite and evangelize. That's why the devil's afraid of you. That's why the devil's bothering you. That's why the devil's trying to get you drinking from the mainstream. You need to drink from the stream that God has provided. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, EC. We're not giving up our young people. We're not giving up our teenagers. Our teenagers are going to serve God. Our teenagers are going to know him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, I feel the spirit of the Lord. I feel the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to close soon because I feel like we just need to let God have his way. I need just two young people to help me for a second. You may be seated, but keep praying. Next week, come back and hear the other preacher. Two young people, just really quick. Thank you. I love your spirit, by the way. What a beautiful spirit you have. Go, okay. I pull that good and tight. Young people, we'll just preach to you and everybody else you can listen in. This is what it's like sometimes when we're serving God and we're trying to navigate this. It, it, sometimes it's like there's like this thin barrier. It's paper thin, Pastor Ken. That it, it feels like resistance to us. It's like we, we can kind of see somewhat, but it's kind of blurry sometimes. Mia, it's kind of blurry sometimes. We know it's true. We know it's there. But, but when we try to break through, there's just a slight resistance. And when we try to break through, what happens is all of a sudden, when I'm trying to break through and I feel that resistance, I take it as God's rejection. It's not God's rejection, Pastor Barry. It's God's invitation. It means you've got closer than you've ever got before. Somebody hear me. Some people even give up when they're right there. They're right there. They stop coming to church because, you know, well, not everybody, that's for everybody else, but that's not for me. I, I don't seem to feel what they feel when you're just right on top of it. 
You're just pushing right on top of it. You've got your face right up against it. That was for humor. And you're pushing on it, and you're pushing on it. You're touching it. And you go to pastor, and you say, Pastor, what, what, what's going on? Am, am I not doing everything right? Pastor, help me out. Pastor Gill starts to counsel you and tell you to look up and talk to Jesus and pray and all this stuff. And you go back to your normal life, and you're hitting up against this wall. And what happens is, is when God, listen to me very clearly, when God is doing something in one atmosphere, it feels like pressure. It feels like pressure in the other atmosphere. Because the kingdom is trying to break through to where you are. You feel pressure coming against you. And when people feel pressure, they, they start to draw back because they feel the pressure. The pressure that you've been praying, Daniel. And while you were praying, I was trying to get to where you are. But the prince of Persia resisted me and resisted me. And because of that, I was delayed in getting there. But I heard you the first time. I heard your prayer when you prayed the first time, Mateo. I heard your prayer. Pressure. 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 And what you need to do in that moment is not back up, but shift it in high gear. And begin to pray for a breakthrough. You need to keep pushing and pushing. Pull tight, ladies. Pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until you break through into the other atmosphere. And you begin to pull into this atmosphere the things that God has for you. Does anybody know what I'm saying today? God has something for your life. I prophesy that your best days are ahead of you. I prophesy that miracles are before you. I prophesy to you that we are about to see the greatest revival this world has ever known. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a great praise today. As our music can come back. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. This afternoon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, extraordinary church, we are about to experience the extraordinary. We are breaking through the barriers and we are pulling what's in this atmosphere into this atmosphere. What do you mean, Pastor? Come, kingdom of God, be done. Come, kingdom of, be done, will of, come, kingdom, be done, will of God. Here, watch me. Come, kingdom of God, be done, will of God, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, in Mississauga as it is in heaven. In Mississauga, as it is in heaven, thank God for this amount of people today. But we have not seen anything yet compared to what the Lord will do in this city. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our voice, our hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Extraordinary church, I know where you've been. I've been in prayer. I've been fasting for this moment. I know where you are. I feel where you are. You feel the pressure. You feel the pressure. You've labored. You've worked. God has done great things. But what now? What now? You feel the pressure. Pressure makes you feel like being paralyzed. But all you need is a breakthrough. All you need is a breakthrough. That's all you need today is a breakthrough.
When you break through, your joy will be returned. Your peace will come back. The joy of your salvation will surround you. Mercy will be all around you. I'm telling this great church today, I'm telling this great church today that there's an overflow coming, Pastor Keel. You don't got to create it. It's just here. There's an overflow coming. It's upon us right now, actually. Mothers in Zion that know how to pray right now, it's coming. It's coming. What we prayed for is coming. It's an overflow. An overflow. Pastor Keel, let's just do this together. This is an overflow. When something starts to move, when something starts to flow, when something starts to pour, there comes a moment when it begins to get to the top. And as it begins to pour, it begins to... What? It begins to overflow. That'll dry. Here's what you need to know. There comes a moment, bro, when it's not you anymore. Everything you've worked for, all the effort that you put into it has brought it up to the top, but the rest is God's business. The rest is God's business. All you got to do, and I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, all you got to do is stand back and see the salvation of God. He's got the excess. He's got the extra. It's from heaven. You've tilled the ground. You've worked the ground. And now heaven is going to open up. There's more in heaven than there is on earth. I'm telling you, this pastor is going to work half as hard and get twice as much. He's going to get double for the trouble because he came and because he labored. And because he sacrificed. Let's just bring that music right down low. Listen to me. An overflow. When something begins to overflow. Just real low, guys. Real low. When something begins to overflow, it begins to fill the space. Pastor Keel, to capacity. Hear what the Spirit is saying, church. And it begins, Pastor Akil, to spread and stretch beyond its limits. Beyond its limits. The crowd in the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost, it overflowed into the... Say it. It overflowed into the... Shout it at me, church. It overflowed into the... That's what's going to happen for this church. What's flowing in this church is now going to flow into the streets of Mississauga. The whole region. It is now flowing, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost... It has flowed to its limits. And the overflow in a breakthrough moment is when it begins to flow beyond its capacity. And it begins to stretch beyond its bounds. And it begins to go beyond its borders. Extraordinary church, now is your time. You're about to overflow into this entire GTA area. Hallelujah. 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 Isaiah 43 says, the waters will not overflow you. But when you're in the overflow, they don't overflow you. What begins to happen when you're in the overflow is it begins to flow from you. And it begins to put everything else under your feet. When the water begins to overflow, it begins to cover the earth. You know what happens when a flood overflows its banks? It begins to put everything else underneath of it. There's a power in the Holy Ghost today that's in this room that God is going to go do a sweeping work through this city and beyond this city. I know some of you are struggling right now to even believe this because you've been trapped in a, in a, in a, in a place by, uh, of a, a, maybe a isolation and a, a barrier in your faith and you've wanted to see things. I know what I know. But I'm telling you that you haven't seen the end of God yet. You haven't seen the end of God yet. 
You have not seen the end of God yet. You have not seen all He can do. You have not seen all of His miracles. You have not seen it. God is going to let you see it with your eyes. You're going to taste it. You're going to be able to receive it. You're going to see people get the Holy Ghost in the streets of this city. They're going to be baptized in crusades and outreaches in this city. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. I met three people on my way here. One on the plane wasn't supposed to sit beside me. My seat was mixed up. I preached to him all the way here. All the way. That poor guy. But he opened up to me. Pastor Keel hadn't told anybody else in his life. He may be watching this. His name is Paul. He's from Korea. Paul said that when I was 14, I was overcome with great darkness and depression. I didn't tell my family. I didn't know what to do. He said, I, I fell on my knees weeping and crying he said in that moment his parents don't even know this in that moment when I come out of he actually blacked out Paul blacked out 14 years old young people are going through a lot when he come out of blacking out when he opened his eyes Pastor Keel he saw the cross a Korean man didn't really know God didn't know much about God but when he was at the lowest point in his life, blacked out, passed out, when he come to and opened his eyes, all he could see was the cross of Jesus Christ. I met him on a plane to tell him the rest of the story. Said, hey Paul, that's pretty cool how God's leading you, but now guess what? You can receive something called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because God is not done with you yet. telling you all around us there are stories like that that God is ready to overflow but he needs a church that will live in the overflow he needs a church that will believe for the for the unexpected for the belief that what we have not yet seen is about to happen that we can believe for that sort of thing God will begin to do it in our life we're going to get ready to close thank you everybody for joining us online today Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.